0: So, a young man walks into a card shop one day and he's looking for a card for his girlfriend. He needs some help. He asks the clerk, I need you to find me a card. Please help me. This card needs to express my deep love for my girlfriend. It needs to express my deepest devotion to my girlfriend. Will you please help me? I don't know how to do this. Clerk is gone for a couple of minutes, comes back with a card. The card says, You are the only girl I love. I belong to you forever. guy says, perfect. This is great. Thank you so much. I'm going to need four of those, please. (laughs) That guy has an issue with commitment. We do not have such issues. We are totally sold out and completely committed to this new direction and vision for the Golf Course Road Church of Christ. Transformation and mission. Being changed by God to love like Jesus. This is what God is doing in us. Being changed by God to love like Jesus. Being changed by God to love like Jesus. Transformation and mission. This is what God is doing in us. This is what God is doing through us. This is us at GCR. God is changing us into the image of his son Jesus. We are being changed. That language is very specific and intentional because it's a process, right? We're all in the middle of it. And it doesn't happen overnight. None of us has arrived. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, we're all in the middle of being changed and only God can do this. Thomas Merton writes about this and he compares us to green apples. He says, how does an apple ripen? It just sits in the sun. A small green apple cannot ripen overnight by flexing its muscles and squinting its eyes and tightening its jaw. And then the next morning it's miraculously large and red and ripe and juicy and it really stands out among all the other puny green apples. That's not how it works. Like the birth of a baby or the opening of a rose, our transformation always takes place with God's timing and in God's Ways, but we've got to be awake to it, we've got to be open to it, we've got to be paying attention to it. We need to be in those places where it happens in the sun, sitting in it, being open to it. And these are the areas where we think God does that kind of work knowledge, community, Christian practices, and mission. This is where we think this happens. We're convinced this is where it happens. And so what we're trying to do at Golf Course Road is we're trying to build a common language and develop some shared experiences around these zones. And so we're looking at these formation zones one at a time each Sunday. And today we're looking at the last one, and that is mission. All right. These guys right here. The Blues Brothers, you know them? 1980, get it up there for me. All right, you know these guys? John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, all right? Jake and L. Wood Blues. And these guys are on a mission from God to save the orphanage in Chicago where they were raised. They're on a mission from God to save the orphanage. And that's how they refer to it, mission from God. And because it's a mission from God, it gives them confidence It gives them supreme uh, energy and enthusiasm for the mission. And because it's a mission from God, they're not scared of nothing. Nothing will keep them from this mission because it is a mission from God. And they just say it over and over throughout the movie, right? Those rednecks aren't going to hurt us. We're on a mission from God. The cops aren't going to catch us. Why? Because we're on a mission from God. The crazy lady in the Cadillac is not going to kill us. Why? Because we are on a mission from God. Towards the end of the movie, as they're building to the climax, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd get into this car, and Aykroyd looks right at him, and he says, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses, and Belushi says, hit it, and they're gone. They take off on this mission from God, and yes, we know our God is on a mission. Our God is on a mission not just to save an orphanage in Chicago, although I think that's part of his mission. God is on a mission to save the world. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's chosen us to be holy and blameless, and it says, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, and it says, we have forgiveness of all of our sins, and it says, we have God's grace that he has lavished on us, it says, and he has made known to us his will. God's told us what he's doing This is God's pleasure. This is God's purpose in Christ. This is God's will, verse 10, to bring all things in heaven and earth together in Christ. That's God's will. In Jesus, our God is restoring all of creation. He is reconciling all things. He's tearing down all walls. He's destroying all barriers. He's bringing all people and all things together in Christ. That's what our God is doing. That's his mission. And he has no interest in doing it by himself. God does not do mission alone. In Genesis 12, when God decides to tell us how he's going to restore the world, when he tells us how he's going to fix the problem of sin and death, he lets us know very clearly that he wants us in on it with him. He's not going to do it by himself. And the first thing he does is he recruits Abraham. Go to the place I will show you. All the people on earth are going to be blessed by you. And remember when God calls Moses, what does he say? I have come down to rescue my people, but I'm sending you to go do it. When he calls Joshua, what does he say? I am giving my people the land I have promised, but Joshua, you're going to have to lead them in and do all the fighting. When God saves his people Israel out of exile, it's not for their own sakes. It's for the purpose of participating with God in his mission. We read this earlier. Verse 6, Isaiah 49. It's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Israel and bring back those of Israel I have kept. That's too little. If you're only thinking about yourselves, that's not big enough for me, God says. I will also make you a light for the nations or for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Man, I've, been, I've gone like seven or eight minutes. Nobody has said amen yet that I've heard, that I've heard. Amen. All right. See, when you don't say amen, I think that you don't get it, and so I've got to like repeat myself. The the more you say amen, the faster this goes. Amen. All right. Here we go. Now, when God decides to show us in person exactly what he's doing and exactly how he's doing it, he wants he he does that by coming to us to us in the flesh and blood of Jesus. Right? So we can see it, so we can really understand it. Jesus says, "If you've seen me, You've seen the Father. <laughs> Have we not had a great day today? Am I the one dragging us down? Is it me? Do we need to stand up again? Jesus says, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's right. And so what do we see when we see Jesus? What do we see about God? What we see is that Jesus calls this little gang together. Right? He's not going to do this by himself. He gets these disciples and apostles together and he says, all right, I want you to pray. I want you to pray, our Father, your kingdom come. We talked about this last week. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then what do we see in Jesus? We see him doing just that. Jesus brings heaven to earth. Jesus heals sick people. Why? Because there's no disease in heaven. Jesus feeds the poor. Why? Because there's no hunger in heaven. Jesus raises the dead. Why? There are no cemeteries in heaven. Jesus turns the other cheek because there's no violence in heaven. Jesus eats and drinks with everybody. Why? Because there are no divisions. There's no separation of people in heaven. That's the mission, to bring heaven to earth. That's the call. And on that last night around the table with his disciples, he sends them. John chapter 14, here's our Lord, I'm telling you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do exactly the same things I've been doing, and he'll do even greater things because I'm going to live inside you. Go, he says, go do it, and remember, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Every one of us is on God's mission. None of us in this room is exempt from God's mission, amen, I'll say it. Matthew 25, on that last day, says the king's going to judge us according to who's on mission and who's not. Right? I mean, that's, if you're into binaries, that's a pretty good one right there. And God will transform us on mission. When we join God on his mission, when we decide to get involved with what God is doing and in the ways God's doing it. Let's go to that next slide, please. God will change us. Ephesians 4, chapter 13, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 13, starting in verse 11. It was he who, it was Christ Jesus, he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Why? Why do we have church leaders? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Being changed by God into the image of Jesus is a result of increasingly doing for others, sacrificing and serving and suffering for others. Philippians 2 says we should pursue the mind of Christ. We should attain to the attitude of Christ, and then it ties it directly to considering the needs of others more important than my own. That's being changed into the image of Jesus. And this is Jesus, right? He's the one who said it. Get ready. I'm going to point to you, okay? Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. Right? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of others, the good of many. Romans 15, each of us should please his own neighbor, what he wants to build him up. That's the mission, And I'm telling you right now, when you engage it, you will be changed. Actually doing ministry, really being on mission, not just talking about it, not just studying it, not just agreeing that it's good, but being engaged in a mission changes us. I'm telling you right now, the fastest way to get out of your spiritual rut is to dive headfirst with everything you've got into God's exciting and glorious mission. Because new experiences challenge us, and they challenge our beliefs and our assumptions. Ministry, when you're in over your head, you don't know how you're going to accomplish it without God. That's the coolest thing, because you wind up accomplishing it. And you had no idea the resources and the gifts and the energy that you had from God. You didn't know you had it until you jump into a ministry that you're not prepared to do. Hearing the stories firsthand, seeing the places, meeting the people. It makes the needs and the opportunities more real. The scriptures become more alive when you connect them directly to ministry. Being on a mission pushes us out of our comfort zones and into the places where God is actually changing people. And he'll change you. And he'll change this church. To empty ourselves for this mission of Christ, it feels good. We talked about this at 9 o'clock over here. How good it feels to serve others. You know it feels good to serve and to meet the needs of other people. You know you feel good when you do that because you've all done it. You've all experienced that. And the reason it feels so good is because it is our God created and God ordained purpose. He created us to serve other people. That's why it's so powerful. When we do this, we are being changed by God into the image of Christ. When we serve others, church, we live better. We love better. We worship better. We pray better. Everything in our lives is better when we're serving and meeting the needs of others. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, just continuing to read, it says this, as each part does its work, we will in all things grow up into Christ. Now this missions stuff, this zone we're in, it is the most exciting thing to me. About this breakthrough campaign. The executive director of Missions Resource Network, a guy named Dan Bouchel, some of y'all know Dan, uh, he told me nine or ten months ago, he said, Alan, I'm telling you right now, there's not, there's only one church of Christ I know of, and he knows all the churches of Christ, okay? He knows all of them. He told me this straight to my face. There's only one Church of Christ I know, Alan, that has a bigger global gospel impact around the whole world than Golf Course Road, and it's the Hills in Fort Worth. And the Hills is like 10 or 11 times bigger than us, right? He said, there's there's no other church. Golf Course Road is doing more around the entire world than any other Church of Christ. He said, you can't believe the money that goes out of here. I mean, I see our budget, and I see the big numbers that do go out of here. This church... Just through our regular tithes and offerings, just through our budget, we are sending and supporting and equipping and helping missionaries and Christian organizations all over this planet. I see it. That is something to be proud of. That is something to praise God for this morning. Amen? Amen. Okay. And we can clap too. I'm good with that. Yeah. Praise God. Listen, just that much, if not a lot more, also goes out that we never see here. Golf Course Road members are giving to Christian organizations and Christian missionaries all over the world, and it doesn't come through this church. You're just doing it because God is telling you to do it, and I love that. We should also be really proud of that. We should also praise God for the way he is using us around the world, but listen, we want to have that exact same gospel influence. We want to make that exact same kingdom of God impact that we have uh, globally. We want to do that locally right here in Midland, Texas, right here in the basin where God has put us with the people he's put around us. And so one of the line items in the breakthrough campaign is that we want to enter these official local missions partnerships with five groups that are already meeting the physical and spiritual needs of people in our city. We talked a lot about this during the 9 o'clock hour. So let me, let me do this briefly, as briefly as I know how. You're like, that ain't brief. I know, I know, I'm trying, okay? We're partnering with Mission Agape. It's not a new partnership, but it's gonna be bigger and it's gonna be deeper. We're gonna be delivering food bags to elementary schools. We're gonna be packing food. We're gonna help them with their pantry on Saturdays. And Mission Agape, we asked them, what's the one thing you need that you don't have? What is that one thing? They said, we need a big box truck. To make picking up food and distributing the food all over West Texas. It would make it a lot easier if we had a big box truck. So, you know what we said? You got it. We're gonna buy them that truck. That's part of this breakthrough campaign. You know why? Because we're on a mission from God with Mission Agape. Opportunity Tribe. We're gonna be working hand in hand with Opportunity Tribe to reading uh, one hour a week with these at risk students. Weekly mentoring. We're going to volunteer with Oaks Academy. And you know what they need more than anything? We've asked them. They need a part-time staff position to meet the spiritual needs of those at-risk students and their families. They need like a chaplain on staff. And you know what we said? You got it. We're going to fund that position for Opportunity Tribe. Why? Because we're on a mission from God. Family promise. We're going to we're going to provide the groceries, and we're going to serve the meals to the families who are going through these difficult transitions. We're going to sit down and eat dinner with these parents and their kids. We want to do relational ministry. And you know what they need more than anything? They need a full-time counselor. They've got caseworkers. They need a counselor to, deal, to, uh, to, to help these traumatized families deal and make sense of uh, what, what's going on with them. And so we've told them we're going to pay for that. We're going to pay for you to have a counselor on staff at Family Promise. You know why? Because we're on a mission from God. We are. Young lives. Right now there are 21 teenage moms who either have already had babies or they're pregnant. Ages of 13 to 19. 21 of them. And they're coming to weekly meetings. They're coming to monthly dinners. They're getting mentoring. Uh, They're getting the supplies that you need when you raise babies. We want this church to be the main suppliers and to be the main mentors, and to be a presence in these young ladies' lives. Every now and then, the Father shows up to these meetings too. We want to bless them. We want to be a holy presence with young lives. And they're so blown away by our generosity and our willingness to help. When we ask them, what can we do? What can we buy? What's the one thing you need more than anything? They're blown away. They haven't even told us yet. They don't know what to do with that. And they've been talking about it, meeting about it, and praying about it for months. And they still don't know. But when they know, we're going to do it for them you know why? Because we're on a mission from God. And then Emerson Elementary, there are 420 kids, more than half of them at risk at Emerson Elementary School, and it's in our neighborhood. And we're going to bless those kids and those families. We're going to take over their caring closet. Our people you, you don't know it yet, but you're going to serve as crossing guards. You're going to help those little kids open up ketchup packets during lunch. You're going to read to those kids one hour a week. And here's what we're doing for them. The, the kind of big thing, I don't know how many of you have been to Emerson Elementary. There is a courtyard right smack dab in the middle of their school. Like all the classrooms go around this courtyard and the glass and it's just, they hadn't done anything with it in years it's dilapidated. It looks terrible. We're going to redo that courtyard for that school and give them something really beautiful to look at and experience while they're going to school every day. We're going to create in that courtyard a place for parents to eat with their children and a place for us to go read with those kids. That's, that's what we're doing. You know why? We're on a mission from God. We are. And so those are the five local missions partners. And what we're asking with the Breakthrough Campaign is for every single member of this faith community to be involved in missions. Two hours a month. That's what we're asking. Two hours a month. One ministry thing a month with your family, with your small group, with your Bible class, with the people you sit by at church. Figure that out. It doesn't have to be with one of these five partners, but it could be. Ryan Rampton, who eventually is going to become our local missions minister, our our local connections guy who's going to connect us with these opportunities and with these groups. Uh, He's going to help us do that. And I want to flash up a QR code right now. This is a QR code for local missions. It'll take you right to our church website. And I'd like for you right now, you're not obligating yourself, okay? What you're saying, if you'll put your name and give us some information, where this QR code takes you, it'll just let us know you're interested. You'd like some more information. You kind of want to know what it is uh, that you'd be getting into, okay? If you want to serve with Emerson Elementary, if you're thinking, man, I can, I can be a crossing guard one morning a week. I can be part of the fist bump crew. We want to have on Monday mornings, we'd like to have about 10 GCR people there just telling the kids, hey, have a great week. Hey, have a great day. Just giving them fist bumps. We'll have t-shirts. I don't know what we're going to do but we want to be a holy presence on that campus. You know what I'm talking about? They're giving us access to their families and to their kids. It's probably illegal a little bit, and we're good with that. Not all those kids get that kind of encouragement and that kind of love and support. They ought to get it from the church that's close to their school, right? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. All right. You're still with me. Okay. So that's, that's that. Okay. I promise you, you're not signing up for anything when you go there. Just put your name down and Ryan will call you and say, okay, here's kind of what we've got going at Mission Agape. Here's what we're going to be doing in the next few weeks with Family Promise. Can you, you know, do you want to, that kind of stuff. Okay, moving quickly. We also want to adopt three new church plants uh, over the next two years. We've already adopted one. You've already met them. The Mountain View Christian Church in Kalispell, Montana. We're going to get that family, the the Hoolies. We're going to get them down here sometime in February. We're going to love them. We're going to meet them and support them and encourage them. We're going to charge them, send them back to Montana. And uh, we're going to send those kids birthday gifts. We're going to send Brad and Melissa Uh, anniversary gifts and when somebody is baptized up there in Montana we're going to show that video here and we're going to praise God together amen we're going to join that church we're going to love that church that's right that's God's mission right we're on a mission we're going to help them and support them any way we can and we're planning to send a hundred of our members on mission trips in the next two years We've got five trips already planned for 2023. We're going to take a youth group trip to Mission Lazarus in Honduras in July, and we're going to take a more adult-oriented trip to Honduras in June. We're taking a 17-day medical missions trip to Zambia in July. Will Pippin's going to help us lead that. And we, we want to send some GCR folks to Zambia. And then Tim Neal's going to lead a trip to, uh, uh, to Kenya, a Quo trip. That's going to happen in October next year. And again, we want to fly at least once next year. We want to fly a group up to Kalispell, Montana. And bless that new church. Now, here's the, uh, the mission trip QR code. Go ahead and put that up there. The missions trip QR code. If you're interested in one of those five trips, again, you're not signing up for it. You're just letting us know that you want the information when it starts coming out, okay? So scan that code. Let us know that you're interested. That way you're kind of at the front of the line on that, okay? And again, let me remind you, All of these initiatives, everything I'm talking about this morning, these are specific line items in the Breakthrough Campaign. One of the reasons we want to send you on a mission trip and send a hundred of us over the next two years on a mission trip is because nobody's ever come back from a mission trip and gone, eh, it's all right. Nobody does that. People come back from a mission trip, and their eyes are wide open, and their lives are wide open to what God is doing in the world, and what God is doing right here at home. And we believe if we can get a hundred of us in the mission field away from Midland, that you'll be changed. And then eventually our whole church will be changed. And then again, by God's grace, this city will be changed. All right, here's the last thing, and this fits in with the mission zone two, and this is also a specific line item. We are partnering with other Christian churches here in Midland, Texas. We believe it is God's will that all the barriers between his people be eradicated and that we are one, that God, that, that's his holy will. That is the prayer of our Lord. That's the whole point of him going to the cross, that we be one. Why? So the world will believe And I am pleased to announce, in fact, I'm excited, I I can't even hardly contain myself or describe my excitement, that we are partnering with First Baptist, First Presbyterian, First Methodist. We might need to think about changing our name to First GCR. I don't know. But we're going to partner with these three churches and the four pastors. We have been praying together. We've been planning together. We've all but done a pinky swear with each other. We are committing to each other and to our four churches to worship and serve together in this city for the sake of God's mission. And the very first thing we're going to do together, all four churches. Did somebody want to clap for that? Go ahead. Yeah. Amen. That's good. The very first thing we're going to do because first Baptist already had something planned for Thanksgiving Ash Wednesday. Four months, okay, February 22nd, Ash Wednesday. We're going to have a combined, all four churches, we're going to worship, and we're going to sing together, and we're going to pray together at First Methodist. We figured Ash Wednesday probably needed to be at the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church, because they know how to do it. We're still learning. So, the Methodist Church is a little bigger. We're going to go to the Methodist Church, write it down, February 22nd. I don't have a QR code, so just put it in your calendar. February 22nd, Ash Wednesday, again, for the sake of God's mission in this city. Now, church, this is what the breakthrough is all about. This is what it's about. This is our commitment to transformation and mission. And we're asking our church family to give $4 million over the next two years to make these kinds of things a reality. You know, most capital campaigns are about buildings and projects. And and there is a building in this one. But it's so much bigger than that. This is about funding our vision as a church. And this is a God-sized goal. That's a lot of money, I know. And God's gonna have to show up to make this happen. God's gonna have to change some hearts to make this happen. God's gonna have to move a mountain or two. But I think he's gonna do it. I believe he's gonna do it because this is too good and it's too right for us. I am praying and I am believing that our Father is going to work through you. He's going to work through your resources. You're going to experience a breakthrough yourself, in your heart, in your soul, and it will result in the sacrificing and the serving that we need to make this happen. Amen? All right, here's the last thing Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. Here's Jesus. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before all people, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Our world needs to know There's another way. In a world that's motivated by division and hate, we need to show unity and love. In a world built on violence and maintained by punishment, we need to demonstrate peace and forgiveness. In a world that thrives on judgment, we need to be a people of grace and mercy In a world that teaches us to take and to look out for ourselves, disciples of Jesus need to be the ones giving and considering the needs of others more important than our own. What God's kingdom really needs in Midland, Texas, is a bunch of people who believe so much in Jesus Christ and who believe so much in salvation from him that we can't help but live it every day. We believe so much in God's righteousness and his justice that we enact it and we bring it every day. We've been converted, church. We've been changed so much by Jesus' love and mercy and forgiveness that we take it to others. And we share it with our city, with everything we've got. The most dangerous thing we can do is play it safe. And we're not playing it safe here. All of us are on a mission, and we are going to, we're going to sail out into that storm together, trusting our God who said, I am giving you this land, trusting our Lord Jesus Christ who says, I am with you always, every day to the end of the age, trusting God's Holy Spirit who's already out there way ahead of us, preparing the good works in advance for us to do to his eternal glory and praise. Amen. Stand with me, church. Everybody stand up. It's 1,209 miles to Chicago, which has nothing to do with this at all. But we've got a tank full of God's Holy Spirit power. And we've got a bundle of God's blessings and resources. And it's dark. It's a dark world, but we have been called and saved by God in Christ to be light.